Hello and welcome to Run the Table. I'm your host, Bryce Tinson. Got a jam-packed show for you today. Of course, we're picking games, or I should say I'm picking games. I got I got Mike and uh, Bobby's picks right here with me, so don't you worry. Uh, the Vikings-Eagles game is currently happening right now. Um, so if I happen to look over at the screen or if there's like random lights flashing, it's because the the TV's on with that game. So we've got college football we're going to start with, and then we're going to go to the NFL. Last week was a little bit of a better week overall for everybody uh, outside of Mike. I think Mike went two and four. Um, I went three and three, and Bobby went uh, four and two. There's a couple uh, couple backdoor covers there. Ole Miss. Oregon, both getting lucky um, with that one. I, talk, I think I talked about it a little bit uh, on the last episode. Um, so that brings season total. I'm eight and eleven. Bobby's ten and eight, and Mike is nine and ten. So first game we're going to talk about. Listen, the college slate this week is not great, right? We love college football. We're going to watch anyway. Um, you know, it, it, we, we watch action, right? And so it's not great. We we can recognize that and still enjoy it. First game we have is going to start a little bit of a theme. Every single team that is favored is on the road this week in our, in our common games. Number 7 Penn State travels to Champaign, Illinois. That is the University of Illinois at Champaign main campus. Uh, I think it's Champaign-Urbana um, taking on the fighting Illini. They're, they're laying 14.5 on the road. Now, normally, you know, this is, this is not a great number. You, you, you would like it to be 13.5, so you at least get a two-touchdown win. Um, so Mike's going to go with Penn State, and Bobby's going to go with Illinois. The way I look at this game, because I had trouble picking this game, I think that Penn State is going to win. Now, whether or not they cover is really the, the story here, and that's why you're here, right? You you want to get our thoughts on on the cover, not necessarily the outcome. Um, I think Illinois is a solid team. Do I think they're as good as the team last year? I think offensively they might be. Luke Altmeyer looks more comfortable at quarterback this year than he did last, or than Tommy DeVito did last year at quarterback. And so I think that's a plus for him. But they lose Chase Brown, obviously the defense. They lose basically everybody in their secondary: um, Sidney Brown, uh, Devon Witherspoon, and um, oh, I'm going to forget the other uh, nickel who who played a bunch of different spots for him, um, and that. But they return Jerzon Newton, who's one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. Will they be able to stop or slow down this Penn State offense led by Nick Singleton and Katron Allen and Drew Aller? I, I don't think so. Man. I, 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 this Penn State offensive line is legit. The weapons that they have are legit. They got a great tight end room. Obviously, the running back room is one of the best in the country. And then defensively, I think Manny Diaz has that unit. I will say they didn't play great against West Virginia. They played better against Delaware, but it is Delaware. And so I, I think that how they play against Luke Altmeyer in this, in this Illinois offense is going to say a lot about this team. I do like them to win by, you know, 17 at least. It's a comfortable win for them. I think, I think we might have to sweat out the, the cover here. I, I really do. Um, I, I, Illinois is physical. They take the air out of the ball. I think that, you know, it, it, and it's the first true road test for uh, a, a quarterback who has all of the expectation, and through two games, he's looked he's looked apart, but this is his first true road test, and it's not an easy team to play. They're physical, they're aggressive, they're, they're going to hit you for all four quarters, so you gotta, you got to come with your A game, and if you don't, you, you can lose this one, and, and um, you know, there's no surprise that, that Bobby 
took this game. I mean, the spread, you know, it feels like Illinois can kind of get there. I just think Penn State's that much better than Illinois to the point where I think that they can cover this one. Um, my my final score prediction is going to be forty four to seventeen. I think it's I think it's a relatively easy win. I think that Penn State really puts themselves on the map. It's like okay, you did it against West Virginia, who didn't have the preseason expectations. You did it against an FCS opponent in Delaware. Go to a fellow Big Ten team's house and embarrass them in front of their in, in front of their home fans, and and I think that's ultimately what happens. Next game, number fourteen, LSU laying nine and a half, traveling to Starkville, Mississippi, to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Mississippi State's coming off of a uh, embarrassing performance against Arizona, which they needed overtime at home to beat the Wildcats. Wildcats team that, if we're being frank. You know, many people picked to finish at the bottom of the Pac-12. So there weren't a lot of expectations for that team. They came in, and and they hung tough with Mississippi State. Um, With Zach Arnett at head coach, they have thrown the ball substantially less. Uh, I believe um, the stat was with Mike Leach last year, they they ran the ball 20% of the time. And this year, it's up to 62% of the time that they're running the football. So... You know that Zach Arnett wants to establish the ground game, which they, they haven't really seen in the past couple of years. I was listening to Josh Payton. He was talking about Will Rogers, who has had 22 games in his in his college football career that he has thrown at least 46 passes. Obviously, it's going to happen in the air raid, right? Well, he's only got 46 passes through two games this season, and so if that doesn't tell, if the if the numbers prior to this didn't tell you, you know what you were looking at, those def, that number definitely should. Um, as for LSU, they're coming off of a, a, a nice bounce-back performance against Grambling. But, man, I, I still can't get that sour taste out of my mouth um, from, from that FSU game. They just did not look very good. Uh, to me, this is their, like, obviously Grambling, they played them and they, and they played well. But this is the true bounce-back game. You know, th- this is where we see, you know, is LSU... Are they capable of winning the West this year? Because I, I with the way Alabama looked against Texas, I would say they still can. It's a matter of be proving it on the field. I think they got the talent for it. But, man, Jaden Daniels didn't look that promising. Um, you know, some of the other guys, Harold Perkins has been basically non-existent in his new um, Mike Linebacker role, which I personally don't don't agree with making the move, but I, I, I can understand the thought process behind it. And so you really, and obviously the secondary for LSU struggled against FSU to it's a secondary made up of transfers. It's not really how you want to build your secondary, but they didn't really have a choice. The The recruiting hadn't been good enough in, in, on the back end. And so they had to, you know, surplant or not surplant, but fulfill backfills with, with some transfers there. So we'll see how they hold up against Mississippi State. We're all going with the Bulldogs. To me, the nine and a half number, it, yes, you don't get 10, but I, I'd be hard pressed to see LSU winning this game by, you know, 10 points. I, I don't think they win it by double digits. I think if, if they win, it's kind of like the Arkansas game last year where it was sloppy, um, you know, playing. they had to go play Arkansas at home, and, and Arkansas gave them everything they, they could and ended up losing 13-10. to 10. I, I, I don't know if Mississippi State's that good of a team this year, um, but I, I think they're going to be shysty in the sense that they're going to be physical. I already mentioned that they want to run the football. They'll keep this game close because they're not going to give LSU a ton of chances to score. And the LSU defense hasn't looked great. Even against Grambling, they struggled a little bit. Um, outside of outside of Mason Smith, it's, it's not much. Um, no, there's another... D-tackle who had a great game against FSU. I can't remember his name. Um, that's what you get for doing this at 
8.55 at night. My brain's kind of turned off. Um, so we're all going Mississippi State. This one's going to be an interesting one. I believe it's a noon kick. Um, I think the first three games are noon kicks. Speaking of the next, the third game that is kicking off at noon, number 15, Kansas State. Three-and-a-half-point favorites traveling to Columbia, Missouri. Take on the Tigers. Now, a little old-school Big 12 matchup. But the, the first thing I want to talk about is that K-State, I think they open at five-and-a-half. They're down to three-and-a-half. I'm not really sure why. I didn't see an injury report. I think Will Howard's still supposed to go. So I, I don't know if the sharp the sharp betters are just on Missouri. Um I'm not entirely sure why, because I think Kansas State's is just far superior team and program. Um, Eli Drinkwitz, it, it, like this is a huge moment for him because he had the game against in, in Columbia against Georgia last year, where they probably should have won that game. Uh, that would have given him given him his like hang your hat on this win, and I think that this this game against Kansas State could be that win for him if if you know because I think he needs it. Um, but man, I, I just don't. I don't see a world that Kansas State doesn't win this game by you know a touchdown at, at the minimum. You know, six, seven uh, to ten points. I, I just feel like they're they're that much of the better team. Um, and and maybe maybe I'm wrong, and we really see that. Hey, the middle of the SEC can it's just better than a lot of the middle elsewhere. Even though I wouldn't consider Kansas State the middle of the Big Twelve, I would say they're probably in the top three with Oklahoma and Texas this year. Um. But yeah, I think that you know Chris Kleiman's got that program humming, right? And and Colin Klein being the offensive coordinator, Kansas State legend. Um, I I think that man, I just I just don't see a world that Missouri wins this game. And, and because I just said that, of course they're going to win the game. Because why wouldn't they, right? Uh, they have a five star. I, I can't remember his name. I'm gonna have to look it up real quick. Um, Missouri's got a five star wide receiver. Um, who was in their class last year or the year before. I don't think he's a true freshman. I'm going to figure this out. Um, but he's a Missouri kid, uh, and it was it was one of those where you weren't really sure if he was going to if he was going to stick with Missouri, if he was going to or if he was going to go to the Georgia or the or the Alabama. Um, he's had a fantastic year so far. Um, where is he? Luther Burden, there it is. He's yeah, he's a, he's a true sophomore this year. Um, yeah, he's he was fantastic in their first two games of the season. I'm pulling off his stats. I think he's got uh, five touchdowns, four touchdowns this season. Um, nope, never mind. Scratch that. He's only got one. Uh, but here are stat lines against, and it's against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee State, right? So take it with a grain of salt. Seven for 96 and a touchdown, and then eight for 117 and no scores. So um, he, he's legit. He's legit, and that's going to give um, that's going to give Kansas State some some issues. However, Missouri is coming off of a game against Middle Tennessee State in which they only won 23 to 19 in a game that uh, was really 23 to 17 before a, a, a Middle Tennessee safety made it that that weird 19 number. So maybe this is just a spot where Kansas State kind of like that Oklahoma State game last year where where. You know, the spread was, I think, Oklahoma State minus one and a half or something. It was close to a pick and it just, it, it was within immediacy that, that Kansas State got out to a lead and just, it just killed them. I think they won that game 49 to nothing. So, watch out for that one. Here's one I'm really excited about, and I think could be a very interesting game. Number eight, Washington going on the road, traveling to the Eastern Times. I'm taking on East, or what am I 
going to East Lansing, taking on Michigan State. Michigan State, 16-point dogs in this one. Weird number. Um, Mike's going with Washington. By the way, we all went with K-State. I should have said that. Uh, Mike went with Washington. Bobby went with Michigan State. Who will I go with to break the tie? I'm going with Michigan State. This feels like too many points. Um, as good as Washington is, as TJ Hawkinson scores a touchdown, uh, I I don't I don't really know what to think about that. Uh, but this feels like too many points. And I, I know some people are going to be like, well, how does it feel like too many points? Washington's a, a much better team. And Michigan State's going through the whole Mel Tucker scandal right now. Well, I think that's actually the reason why it's too many points, and and Vegas doesn't you know believe or doesn't doesn't work in those scenarios. They're they're purely off of their power rating system, right? They're not going to be like, oh well, this coach got um, this coach got fired, so the interim you, you get the interim bump uh, a lot. And I don't, oh, he missed the extra point. That's tough. Oh no, he's what he made it. That looked odd. Um, so getting back getting back to the actual game. I think that having Mark D'Antoni there is huge. I think it's huge for that program just because he he was a symbol of stability in the 2010s for them when they were a fantastic program, one of the best in the country. And I think that they really needed that. And Noah Kim has looked really good. They got a a running back. I think it's Carter. Um Man, they got some players over there, and I think that they're a shysty team. I don't know. I don't think they win this game, but I think it's like a 14-point, you know, 13, 10, something like that. I think they really play tight uh, with Washington, as good as Washington is. It's it's a tough road battle. Um, it's a 5 o'clock game, so, you know, you, know, you kind of get that evening atmosphere. It is on Peacock, unfortunately. But I think that Michigan State covers here, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm picking them to upset. But if I if I had to put it at chances, I would say there's like a 15 percent chance that Michigan State pulls the upset here, which for a 16 point dog is insane. Um, the, I I don't know what the money line juice is there, but it would probably be like plus 280. Um, maybe not quite that much. Maybe like a maybe like a plus 200 flat. Um, I'd have to look at that, but no idea. No idea. Uh, but I'm interested to see what happens in that one. I, I think that it's a good test for Washington before they get into conference play here soon. Last game, number 11, Tennessee, taking on Florida at the Swamp. It's, uh, the Tennessee Volunteers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Man, this one's an ugly game, very ugly game. Mike's going with Florida. Bobby didn't make a pick. I'm going with Florida, too. There's really not much else to say about this game. It is uh, the battle of mid, and that's kind of why I'm going with Florida. I don't think Tennessee's a very good team. I think their defense is solid. I just I don't trust Joe Milton to make plays. They were they were only up by six points uh, or a touchdown. It was thirteen to seven. No, it was, it was six points. It was thirteen to seven against Austin P at halftime last week. They didn't look great against Virginia. Virginia is one of the worst teams in the country, and it just feels like it feels like as bad as Florida looked in Week One against Utah that there was there was some meat left on the bone there, and that they can figure it out. And yes, Graham Mertz is their quarterback, and and putting my faith into him again is, is like banging my head up against a wall because it, it's just tough to believe in that guy. But I do think, I do think that what Billy Napier is going to be able to put together is going to be enough. And, and I, I honestly think that Florida can win this game outright. I don't need them to, but I think they can. And that's ultimately why I'm picking them. I just don't believe in Tennessee yet. Uh, I, I'm going to have to wait and see. I, I, 
the more and more we see Tennessee this this year, the more we'll we'll be able to figure out was it a head and hooker thing or was it a Josh Heupel offense thing? And I don't know. I'm not really sure yet. But man, Joe Milton has not looked very good. So we'll see. We'll see what he does. I think that's a seven thirty kick, seven o'clock kick, something like that. I mean, it's seven thirty. I think it's seven thirty. I don't know what it's on though. Um, let's go to locks. I got UTEP, or I got Arizona at home, laying 18 against UTEP. UTEP is in a world of hurt right now. They just got shellacked by Northwestern. Uh, they're just in, they're one and two. They're in dire straits. It just feels like they're they're trying to uh, run uphill while also, like, carrying a, a bobsled full of you know, boulders. Like, they're just not going anywhere. They're, they're not really fighting. Um, it's a program that, that just feels like a dead man walking. And so I'm going to go with Arizona, you know, and the points here, I, I think they win big, especially coming off of that that big game last week, which unfortunately they weren't able to win. But I, it was a moral victory, and I think they'll be able to carry that into this week. And, and really, you know, it's not really, I wouldn't call it a statement, but, you know, put it out there that, hey, Arizona football is not as bad as people thought it was going to be. Um, Mike's going with North Carolina at, or at home against Minnesota. They're eight-point favorites. I like that. I like that pick. Uh, I think Minnesota. I think I think picking against a, a guy whose name is Ethan is always good practice. Uh, Ethan Calicmanis was was awful against Nebraska, and if the North Carolina defense plays like it did against South Carolina, and listen, I think App State's a good. Uh, it, they, I don't think they are a good program. Like they they just are a good program, and so I think that you know you look you can't look too much into last week's game. Um, but I, I do think that North Carolina gets a, a pretty big win here against a Minnesota team that is going on the road for the first time this season. Haven't looked great. I, I think this is a this is a beat down waiting to happen. It was one that I was eyeing too. Uh, Bobby's going with Troy, who's minus three against JMU. I hate picking Sun Belt games because that feels like a game that you oh it's only three points. It, you know I feel pretty good about this, and then all of a sudden JMU's up twenty eight to you know six, and it's like well that. And it's and it's like halfway through the second quarter. It's like, well, that didn't last very long. We'll see. Um, JMU beat Virginia last week. Not a surprise. They were favored, uh, but I don't think they covered there. Uh, they they needed a last second touchdown. So maybe maybe Troy just um, coming off of a a very bad showing in Kansas State. And Troy's a good team. Don't, don't get me wrong. Um, maybe you know maybe they they are fired up and and want to you know punch back a little bit and and. And maybe they do. I don't know. This is this is an interesting one. You won't see Bobby pick group of five games very often. And so I was a little bit surprised when I saw this one on the document. Um, underdogs. I'm going with Georgia Tech, who's plus 19 uh, at number 17, Ole Miss. I want that. I want those three points. Was really hoping it was going to get to 20, but unfortunately it wasn't. So I, I'm just taking the number at this point. Um, do I think Georgia Tech can win this game? I don't know. I'm really just looking for a cover here. Just, I think that Ole Miss coming off the two-lane game, which was, a, you know, don't let the final score fool you. It was a tough game. They had to grind out a win there. And then having Alabama next week, you know, just the, plopping this Georgia Tech game kind of in the middle of those two, I, I feel like it's just good for Georgia Tech to take advantage of uh, of an opportunity to at least, you know, play Ole Miss close. Um, and I, I like Brent Key as a head coach. And, and the biggest surprise of the college football season to me uh, is that Haynes King still has that starting job and hasn't been, you know, thrown in the river. I, I don't know if there's a river near Atlanta that that I that he could be thrown into, but like 
he was awful last year at Texas A&M. And this year, he's got two 300-yard games under his belt. I think he's thrown for like seven touchdowns. So he's had a really good start to the season. And, and the way that Tulane was really able to move the ball against Ole Miss, I, I think that there's a chance that, that Georgia Tech keeps this thing close and, and might even pull off an upset, which would be awesome if I could get three points there. But uh, I would settle for one at this point. Uh, Mike's going with Charlotte plus eight at Georgia State, or excuse me, at home against Georgia State. I, I, this is good process to me. This is good process. Take a home dog in you know this Conference USA game. Um, no, no, wait. Georgia State's Sun Belt, Charlotte's Conference USA, right? Or did Charlotte get the move? There's there's so much movement happening right now. I don't know who's in what conference anymore. Um, but I just think it's good process. An eight point dog. You never know with these group of five teams. There's been some, like, there's a couple that I've picked, and it's and I felt pretty good about it. And it's like, you turn on the game, and, and or you see it pop up on the ticker. And it's like, yeah, that wasn't even close. Don't even know what I was thinking there. It's like, that's just kind of how those games go sometimes. Um, Bobby's going with South Carolina, who is 27.5-point dogs at Georgia. Uh, I, I think he loses this one. I, I don't really understand this pick. Um the South Carolina offensive line is tattered up. It's being held together with duct tape right now and, and some you know some glue, but it's bad. It is it is really, really bad. And I think that George's defense has a field day. And it's not like it's not like they blow like blow them out and score, you know, sixty on them. I think it's like a thirty eight to six win. Like that's you know, that's a thirty two point win. That easily covers, you know, easily covers a spread. So we'll see. Moving on to the NFL. So we had a fan we had we had about as good of a week as you could have. We, me and Mike went five and one. Bobby went four and two. We were, was it four and zero oh in games that we all picked consensus in the consensus games that we picked. So we, Mike was the one. He took the Dolphins instead of the Chargers. He was obviously right about that. But had he taken the Chargers, we would have gone five and zero. Oh. Don't ask me how. It's just how it's just how the voodoo magic works. Um, but we were four and zero oh in consensus games. I don't. You know, it feels weird being five and one um, to start the season, but I'll take it. Uh, hopefully, we can. Uh, hopefully, we can carry some of this momentum. And and there's some opportunities to here. I like I like numbers this week. I like the numbers. So hopefully, I can get lucky. First game we're going to talk about: Ravens at Bengals. Bengals laying three at home. I really like the Bengals in this spot. I think last week was a little bit. I don't want to call it a fluke because, like I said on on uh, was it Tuesday show. Like, I think the Cleveland Browns are legit. I think that defense is legit. But I don't think you'll ever see Burrow throw 31 passes again and only get, only you know, have 82 yards to show for it. Um, I think the Ravens' defense is, is with all of its injuries, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Williams, both out. Um, they're dealing with some injuries along the defensive front as well. Their offense losing J.K. Dobbins. I, I just feel like this is... This is really the perfect spot for the Bengals to bounce back, get right at home, win big against the Ravens team that it's gonna it, it's gonna look good at times, but like with all of the injuries and, and issues that they have had with keeping guys on the field, I, I don't know, man. I I feel like they're kind of you know uh, paddling upstream with like with like they're paddling upstream in a white water rapids type situation and it's just like it, you can you can very clearly see that it is going to end badly but they're like they got like their blind they got their like their blinders on and it's like they're only focused on on paddling uphill and so you know i i mike's mike's with me on on the Bengals. uh bobby is going to go with the ravens uh, I, I don't know if that's just because he didn't want to pick similar games but you know it is what it is next game chiefs 
three and a half point favorites on the road, taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, so I don't know if a lot of people would have had the Chiefs coming in this game 0 and 1, um, but they're still the road favorites and, and by a decent margin. So the NFL still likes them a lot. Mike's going with the Chiefs because he's a homer. I actually don't know why he's going with the Chiefs, but um, he's going with the Chiefs to cover the three and a half number. Listen, I, I think they'll have Travis Kelsey this back. They get Chris Jones back, which are, are, are two huge additions um, when you talk about you know what they didn't have last week. But to me, the issues are still the same. Like The, the offensive line wasn't that good. Like the, the Lions got a lot of pressures. They just weren't able to get home because Patrick Mahomes has the ability to extend plays. But the receivers also didn't look very good either. Like If Kadarius Tony and Sky Moore get you know more play time than, than Justin Ross, I think we got some issues because what they showed last week is that they're incapable of you know making plays when they need to. And so... I, I didn't love the Chiefs here, but I do love the Jags. I mean, they, they played a little sloppy week one. Uh, fortunately, I was able to get a cover there. Uh, there was there was It was touch and go there for a second. It was touch and go. I, I, I will say I feel a little bit lucky about getting that one to go my way. Um, Bobby's also on the Jags, but man, I, I think that the big thing that I saw was that the Trevor Lawrence to Calvin Ridley thing is legit. Thought it was. I, I, I had a feeling it was going to be, um, and it was, and I think that Having you know, having that ability to to have a number one receiver like that, it makes Trevor's life a lot easier. He was able to do Trevor Lawrence things because he could rely on a, a guy that you know. It's not necessarily throw it up, but it's like give him a chance. I think that Travis Etienne showed that he was he was very capable of getting getting the job done. Tank Bigsby had a rough game, but was able to put in a score. And that defense looked really good. And I will say, Anthony Richardson is is a lot better than people are getting giving him credit for, even for a rookie. Like, he made some some serious plays. Um, the defense is going to have to step up this week. Like, they're, they're going to have to play better than they did last week. I think they I think they will. I just don't know how much. But I, I like the Jags to win this game, actually. I really do. I think that even with the, the extra couple of days off, I don't think KC's ready because the thing about week one is that is that that extra that extra rest doesn't really do much for you because you you have to wait until Sunday to get tape on these guys. You can't like I guess you can look at preseason tape, but they're not like nobody's showing you anything in that, and starters aren't going to play a ton. So um, I like the Jags to win this game. That that QB sneak that the Eagles run is just unstoppable. I don't know how you're supposed to stop it. Seriously, they just did it uh, on from like the literal half half yard line. Unbelievable. Um, so Jags for me, Jags for uh, Bobby, and Mike is going with the Chiefs. Next game, 49ers laying eight on the road, taking on the Los Angeles Rams. Listen, I, I this number feels high to me. I, I get why. There's probably some overreaction to the Rams after they beat the Seahawks last week, even though they match up really well. And and there's even some overreaction on the 49ers side because of what they did to the um, what they did to the Steelers. Absolutely whooping. Uh, some Steeler, some Steeler butt. I, I listen. I just think that I think the Rams are better than I thought they were going to be after after watching them Week One. Um, I like him to cover here. I don't know if they win, but eight points is a, is a little too much for me. I think that if this was like if this was like four and a half or five, maybe even five and a half. I take the I take the Forty ers but I think at at eight points, it's just way too many, and I'm going to have to go with the Rams. Bobby's with me. Mike's going with the Forty ers minus eight. Listen, with the way I mean, I I can see why, right? Uh, Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, 
And Debo didn't even like have that good of a game, and they still destroyed the Steelers. And the Steelers are a good defense. So maybe maybe the 49ers just are better than everybody else. Maybe they are. And that's just kind of how, how we're going to have to you know live this NFL season. But um, Matthew Stafford looked great. Puka Nakua obviously looked great. Tutu Atwell having a little, have, have a nice uh, jump in his like third or fourth season. I don't even know. He was the, he he was the Amonara season, so third, uh, third season for him uh, looked really good. I think that running back room is going to be interesting with Kyron Williams, uh, Cam Akers, and then Zach Evans who who got on the field a little bit. Um, offensive line Steve Avila played great for him. Defensively. They played well in the second half against the Seahawks, but I don't know if that was more so because Geno um, and and the Seahawks offense just kind of looked like they, they fell apart, or if it was because, you know, the, the the Rams defense was playing out of their mind. But I think that I think this one's gonna be a little bit higher scoring than uh, than it was last week um, for both of these teams. Well, at least for the Rams. Uh, and and I think the Rams you know, let me let me rephrase this. The Rams are going to give up more points than they did last week, and the 49ers likely are going to give up more than they did last week as well. Um, okay, Monday Night Football Game 2, because we got two Monday Night Football games, which I'm not a huge fan of. I don't love that, but uh, the first one is Saints-Panthers, which Mike has a pick in that one. The second one is Browns-Steelers. Uh, Browns laying 2.5 on the road. A lot of road favorites this week a lot of road favorites i think the only non-road favorite that we have here in our common games is is the the Bengals at home against the ravens like i picked um yeah all of all of our locks though were home locks for college football we'll say that so so there's interesting there but brown Steelers. um we're all going with the browns shocker i think two and a half is way too few points um i think the browns just in I'm going to say they embarrassed the Steelers. I, I think that this is going this is going to be one of those games that we look back, um, you know, on on Tuesday, Wednesday when people are doing power rankings, and it's like it's like man, those the Steelers are probably a bottom ten team, and and the Browns are a top you know seven eight team, and that, that's going to be the kind of reaction after this game. I I legitimately think that the Browns um, are going to go into Heinz Field because that's the name of it. And they're going to dominate. I, I I just think they will. That that Steelers offensive line is so much worse than the Bengals offensive, like exponentially worse than the Bengals offensive line. And we saw what the what the Browns defensive line was able to do last week. They're going to do that tenfold this week. It's going it's going to be a bloodbath. And Kenny Pickett is going it, with a terrible Matt Canada offense already hindering him a little bit. He's going to struggle a a just uh, so much. Um, going back to Matt Canada, I saw a picture of George Pickens' route tree today. He had, I think it was two routes run that were more than 10 yards down the field. Just an embarrassing uh, use of, of one of your most talented players. So, uh, Matt Canada, you deserve to be fired, sir. Uh, locks and underdogs. Lock for me. I didn't love the board this week. Um, I, I thought about going with the Lions, but I, I just don't even want to risk it. Uh, if, if, if the Lions somehow lose and they don't, you know, and, and I pick them to lock, I, I would be, you know, it's a, it's a double whammy. Um, so I just didn't even, I was like, nope, that's okay. Instead, I went with the Bucks minus two and a half against the, uh, at home against the Bears. I think that when you have a defense that's, that's as experienced and as, as talented as the Bucks, 
it's going to offer a lot of troubles to an offense that that looked very clueless. And then it was from a play calling standpoint. It was from a conceptual understanding, understanding the concept standpoint. Like none of it really clicked. And, and Justin Fields had a rough day. And if you really, if you want to go and see, you know how Justin Fields did last week and in the whole kind of encompassment, I don't even think that's a word of the of the Bears offense in week one, go watch the QB school. JT O'Sullivan does a fantastic job breaking down quarterback play from a a lot of major uh, quarterbacks. I mean, he's done just from week one, did Tua, did Jared Goff, did Matt Stafford, did all of the rookie quarterbacks. Um, You know, he's done Caleb Williams. He's done Drake May in college. So I think that if you really want to, A, learn more football, guy's guy's very smart. He's very smart. Um, and B, if you want to see, you know, why I was so harsh on Justin Fields and 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 why it was it was justified, um, go watch that video. And why it's also the reason why I'm taking the Bucks here. Baker looked comfortable, and, and that's all you really need is if he doesn't turn the ball over, he's a he's an average quarterback. And that's kind of what you're looking for. Um, plus, I like the Bucks at home. Um, the Bears going on the road. We'll see. We'll see. But I, I, I like how I like I like this pick for how both teams played last week, and, and I don't really think that the um, that the Bears are going to bounce back very well. Um, Bobby's going with the Packers. He went with them as an underdog last week. Got them as one point favorites in Atlanta this week. I like this pick. They looked like a like a you know playoff team last week. Um, the Falcons struggled a little bit. It, 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 the Falcons are going to be one of the most frustrating teams this season because they have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, and will refuse to throw the football. Um, just because they don't either a don't believe in Desmond Ritter or b Arthur Smith just doesn't like throwing the football. We saw it in Tennessee. Um, I mean, when you have Bijan, when you have Tyler Algier, it's it, I I get it. But like the fact that Drake London didn't have didn't, didn't even have a target is not good. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with Desmond Ritter not being you know the best quarterback for that team. Um, so, uh, but I do like this pick from Bobby. Uh, Mike's going with the Saints. Like I said, he's taking the Saints to minus three. Um, going to Carolina with with the way Bryce Young looked last week, and with the way Adam Thielen has you know not really clicked. Um, the offensive line has struggled. I, I like this pick. I, I think the Saints are good enough. I, I didn't. The Saints didn't wow me. They had three turn like they their defense gave them three turnovers, and they only put up sixteen points and won that game by one. Uh, so. You know, it, it is only three points. Uh, it is on the road. Like, th- the the Panthers could very well win this game, uh, but I still think it's early, and I, I think that the Panthers could actually, you know, finish with six wins, and it's a little bit of a rougher rookie season than than a lot of people predicted uh, for the Panthers. Um, underdogs, I'm taking the Commanders, my or taking the Commanders plus three and a half on the road in Denver. Normally, Denver's really good in September, but I, I think Russ really is cooked, man. Um, I don't necessarily think the Commanders are a great team with how they played last week, but I didn't, like I said, I didn't love the board here. I didn't love the underdogs, and so I, I, I think that um, taking the Commanders against a you know kind of hapless team that's that's banged up and, and didn't look great, even though. The commanders themselves didn't look great. Um, I, I just feel like maybe I can get lucky here and get a win. Um, Bobby's going with the Titans at home against the Chargers, plus three. I really don't like this pick. Um, there's a reason I didn't take it. It's because T- Ryan Tannehill is an awful quarterback. And as as good as Tua looked last week against the Chargers defense, and I guess I should say as bad as the Chargers defense looked last week against Tua, 
I mean, two was in a completely different stratosphere as Ryan Tannehill. So I think that I think they'll be able to buck up against the run a little bit. Um, the Chargers will. And I think that that Tennessee defense is going to struggle against that offense. I, I, the Chargers being able to run the ball is a little scary. Uh, I, run it efficiently and well is scary, especially because they didn't really unleash their full passing attack last week. Um, and then Mike's going. With the game right here, he's taking the Vikings. Um, there were six-point dogs on the road um, in Philly. Uh, originally, he was going to go with the, with the Eagles as his lock. He didn't realize the number was at seven. It did drop to six. Honestly, not a bad pick. Um, right now, the Eagles are up 10-7. Um, so Mike's, Mike's in that cover zone. He covered last week. He was 0-0-1 um, with the Titans. So we'll see. we'll see if he's able to get lucky this time. Or maybe he'll just start 0-0-2. That would be kind of funny too. I think that's kind of. I think that's what I'm rooting for. The Vikings to lose by four points is what I is what I want. Yeah, that's what we're gonna go with. Mike's just giving me like kind of like a. It's not. It's not really a death stare, but it's kind of just like a disappointed stare um, off off to the side. Would you say, Mike? Oh, Mike's gonna make an appearance. What do you want to say, Mike? I'm going for the 0-0 and 17 year. That would honestly be really impressive. Um, cause like, so the way we do underdogs and I, I probably should have explained this. I just assumed that everybody all, you know, maybe 40 of you that end up getting into this point of the video, um, know what's going on in the underdogs. But in college football, we, um, we say you can't take anybody that is less than a three point dog. So they have to be three and a half or, or more. And it's tier system. It kind of rewards you for, you know, taking a bigger risk. Like last year, the reason why I was able to end up with so many points, I think I ended up with like 16, is because I took Vandy and I took a bunch of um, double-digit dogs. So the way it works is if you get a cover, you get one point. No matter no matter what the point spread is, if you get a cover, you get one point. If it's, um, if it's an outright win, but it's only a single-digit dog, you get two points. If it's an outright win and it's a double-digit dog in between 10 and 19 and a half, it is three points. If it's between 20 and 29 and a half, it's worth four points. If you go above that, it's worth five. And obviously, you're not, nobody's really picking a 40 point dog because that doesn't happen a ton. Uh, I, th- I honestly think it's happened twice, maybe in college football history, a 40 point dog winning. Um, and so that's, that's how it works in college football. In the NFL, it, because the spreads are so much tighter, it is you, it's a win or loss, right? So if you if if your underdog wins, you get a one. You're one and zero. If your underdog loses, you're own one. If your underdog covers, we just chalk it up to a push. Um, even though in in the ATS gambling world, it would still be considered a win. We just pick underdogs outright. That's just how we do it. So um, so that's why you know Mike's going for the 0 and seventeen. Uh, even though if he were able to do that, he would have been 17-0 in his underdog picks against the spread. Basically, look at it like this. We take underdogs, we take our underdogs, money line. Like, that's for college or for, for NFL. Like, that's kind of what we're doing, but we're also like, hey, if you get a cover, because we do most of these against the, like, against the spread, um, we'll just give you a little little dash there. Um, so, or a little, a little notch in the, in the tie column, if you will. Um, yeah, I probably should have explained that sooner, but it is what it is. Yep, that's it. Quick, nice little 40-minute picks episode for you. Did it solo because I am like that. Some call me him. That's right. I am Himothy. Thank you guys so much for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Catch you on the flip. See ya.